Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kanks Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KanksCast, like on Facebook, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a super fun episode last week where we had our boy and buddy friend of the show, Casey Yost on from the Bench Mob. Uh, it was it was a long episode. It was about an hour and a half. It was a great conversation. We really touched on everything going out there, all the hot topics, kind of debated them and addressed all the issues. Uh, we actually released three episodes in the past week. So go check those out. If you're looking for our shows, you can find our entire catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. So bringing in my co-host today, Ryan, was good. Hey, what's going on? Uh, coming off this Thanksgiving week. It was a good week, ate a lot of food, but uh, I'm back to work, man. This is, uh, you know, I'm back in the swing of things. I'm excited to be doing this, but, you know, it's Sunday. I like to, like to get this done early in the morning. You know, me and you come in here, it's about 9 o'clock and 10 o'clock. It's football time. So, uh, yeah, man, we're also a couple weeks away from the season, so I'm excited for that. So there's a lot for us to talk about coming up, a lot of content, and it's just a, it's a good time to be a, a sports fan. Yeah, did you uh you take it you take advantage of any Black Friday deals? Like online? Oh yeah. You, online? Oh well, well you know I always. All right, so I I have a lot of shoes, like a lot a lot of shoes and a lot of clothes. Like that's kind of like my thing. So I I bought, I don't know, dude. I probably bought like five pairs of Nike sweats, every sweatshirt or jacket that they have. Bought a couple pairs of shoes, so you, you know I'm always I'm always uh, on that Black Friday deals from Nike, man. Anytime Nike's got like 50 percent off for, for that stuff, I'm always on there. Nothing. You didn't pick me up anything, just just because you were on there, you know. Just check the sizes. <laughs> nothing. Dang, it's yeah. I didn't know the little brother was supposed to take care of the big brother, man. I didn't know that. Well, hey, uh, so I, you know what I actually bought? I you know those like ther- those mas- uh, what do they call them? massage guns, like a Theragun. I yeah, snagged- I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. snagged one of those for, for like 50 bucks. I've been wanting those for a minute in the A. Yeah, worth, the, that. worth the buy for sure. I know you sent uh, me that Snapchat yesterday, dude, and I was really jealous. And I thought about getting one. I've, I've wanted one for a long time. They're just hell expensive, dude. Like, they were I, too. I have a hard, time, have a hard yeah. time spending like 120 bucks on a gun, you know, like a, or I, a, a massage gun. They were they were like 300, like the OG Ther, Theragun or something, what they call yes. it. it, it that thing was yes. like 350, 400, and they, you know, the one with. The one with all the different tips and stuff, dude. And you can mm-hmm. like, yeah, dude, that, that shit's cool. I was waiting for the secondary market to catch up, you know, the Amazon market. And they have, that's why 50 bucks. It's basically the same exact thing. All the different tips, everything. So I'll check that out. Um, 
You know, you were saying that about the uh, about the season coming up quick. It is coming up quick. I I was thinking about that, and like they they released a preseason schedule, and it's just a couple weeks away, um, and which is kind of good because we I felt like we spent our our off season was kind of the summer, the in between between the bubble and end of the season, and which is cool because the I feel like the podcast is kind of picking up lately. I feel like we've getting a lot more interactions out there. And it's just in time because I feel like from here on out, it's just going to be content, content, content. There's a lot of, there's a big divide out there in Kingsland about a lot of different things. And definitely, I feel like me and you are kind of against the grain. So a lot of topics today, I think are going to cover that. Uh, if you are, so I wanted to put this out here, Ryan, we, we actually uh, partnered with Casey Yost, uh, who, you know, who we had on last week, who does, he does the bench mob uh, Facebook group. That's a private Facebook group. Brian and I joined a while ago. It's great for King's conversations. Um, you can go on there without getting like personally attacked. You know, people are happy to debate and, and go back and forth. It's a good place to be. Um, so we've been enjoying that. So we actually worked with KC to start a public group um, and it's called Kingsland. So check out Kingsland. It's a public Facebook group. We'll start sharing it, putting our episodes on there, putting our content on there. Um, and we'll probably start, you know, doing a lot of stuff where we're, you know, bring people's opinions onto the show. So if you're on Facebook, if you're tired of that King's Twitter, that toxic King's Twitter, check out Kingsland on Facebook. So uh, get into the show, Ryan. Uh, big topic. You know, I, I, I said last week, it was supposed to be our King King's cast. Fuck you episode about Bogdanovich because all year we've been just pounding that table. And then, you know, sure as shit, that trade got, what do you call it? Annulled, you know, with the bucks. So last week when we did the episode, he was technically still on the roster and there was just that weird in between about, you know, is Bogdanovich going to get matched? And we, we were like, no, you know, we were being consistent about, about, about that for a while. And if you've been listening to us, you know, that ain't no secret. So I wanted to just come on here. You know, where we're at today is he's gone. He signed that overpaid offer. I wanted to talk about that. And I wanted to talk about kind of the foresight that we had a year ago, you know, because we were putting these takes out a year ago and then just kind of address this whole thing one, one last time. And then honestly, we don't ever have to talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich on Kane's cast again, because he's the number, he's the second best Bogdanovich in the NBA. And I'm not going to waste time on our podcast team. We're talking about him. So um, let's break it in, man. I mean, a year ago, you know, we were basically, you know, we, and we've lined this out, you know, so I'll make it quick. A year ago, they didn't get the extension done with him. Right. And with that, it was like, well, this guy's going to become unrestricted. So, if, you know, we felt like the Kings had two options. He was either trade him and get a, a nice return back, or you could let him walk, or you could end up overpaying him. And once we started hearing that the money was like 17, 18, or anything like that, Ryan and I were like out immediately. We started, we started basically, uh, you know, what, what would you, what would you call it, um, Ryan? You, we we started that uh, our campaign. That campaign. There you <laughs> we go. We started we started that campaign. And just to correct you, he, you said unrestricted. He he was going to become restricted, which he was. Uh, just just to clarify, you know, you, you know how people get, bro. They might hear you say that, and anyways, this motherfucker doesn't know uh, what he's yeah. talking about, dude. They don't know. They don't know the yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah. Just like that guy who got real angry at you this week. But we'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, dude, we started that campaign for the, you know, uh, trade bogey. And if you're not going to trade him by the deadline, you know, don't try to match anything and let him walk, dude. And hey, what do you know? You know, Vladi didn't get a trade done and uh, McNair let him walk. And it's something that we've been saying for an entire year, dude. And it's just nice to sit back, you know, and really just see and be like, damn, dude, we're just some random fans sitting in our houses right now, dude. Just, you know, 
having the insight to see this a, a year out, dude. And a lot of, a lot of, not a lot of, all of King's media uh, was calling us idiots. Um, a lot of King's media was, you know, really just being real condescending and, you know, just thinking that we're, we're just dumb, flat out just dumb. So um, yeah, the whole Big Donovich thing, dude, King's did the right thing. Okay. Big Donovich is the second best Big Donovich in the league. Okay. Uh, he's a good player. This, this, what, this is where I think people get it messed up is, uh, with us is we, we think Bogdanovich is a good player, but we don't think Bogdanovich is worth uh, 18 million a year. And, you know, he's going to a Hawks team that, you know, people are automatically just looking at that roster and oh, the Hawks are, the Hawks are going to be, uh, you know, they're so good. They're this, I don't know if Bogdanovich starts on that team. I really don't, uh, you know, with, with Trey Young and Bogdanovich and Daniil Gallinari as your, you know, you're, you're starting, uh, was it backcourt? I, I, who's going to play defense on there? Like, I really think, you know, Eric brought up a good point the other day when we were talking is, you know, I think they brought Rondo into play. I, I think Rondo could start at the point And I think that they moved Trey Young to off ball. That was a good point by you. Cause they are going to be so big. If they go to Neil Gallinari, John Collins, Clint Capella, that's a big roster. So, you know, to pay, Bogdanovich 18 million to maybe start half the games, three fourths of the games. To me, it's not worth it. And Sacramento wasn't going to pay him $18 million to come off the bench for sure. Um, so the thing was, you know, it was never about skill. It was about, um, you know, pure money is the, is a 28 year old who averages 13 and a half, 14 for his career worth it. And I, he's not worth it. That's where I think that I, I like to believe Ryan, that you and I, you know, and, and we don't ever want to be condescending because there's people out there and people we interact with, that are condescending uh, to us um, anytime we give an opinion. So that's not where it's coming from. But I, I would like to believe that you and I, you and I have thought out uh, a thought out opinions and perspective about things, right? And we're able to uh, take out the emotions out of it. And I feel like we've been able to just kind of look at everything uh, and look at all angles, right? And that's one thing we talked about with KC last week is initially when he got traded, everyone was looking about the, the return back, right? And it's like, guys, you got to look at, there's multiple angles to a lot of different things and you got to be real about it. Like, real, it, realistically, I would have wanted them to trade him and that's what we wanted because if you didn't want him to leave for nothing, you want to trade him. But it feels like with this bogey thing that every single step of the way, we've been met with opposition from fans and all of the media. And I saved the receipts, you know, Ryan and I've always talked about, we'll screenshot your shit and send it back to you because we're just fans. We're not, you know, I don't want to, we're not journalists. I don't want to do that shit. Right. And it's, I'm not going to do that to random people that I, that I have discussions with. Cause that's not like, that's, let's, you know, you can call it that toxic social media, but I will do it to the, to the, them out there. So that's why I'm going to call these people right now, Ryan. Like, you know, I've gotten some pretty bad, uh, I, I would say I've gotten some shit talked back to me from Carmichael, Dave, um, you know, this, this Brian West guy from, from the Kings Herald, like all the Kings Herald, essentially all of them. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Matt George. Right. And I want to talk about all three of them, but, but these are all people that a year ago I was trying to interact with them. And I'm like, Hey guys, like they should trade and they should trade. And, and all we ever got back was like condescending memes, sending back. And they don't even address my points. If they do reply, they always put stuff out. They were putting stuff out. Oh, your bogey's the second best player. They should match everything and da 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 da. Untouchable. And, you know, Untouchable is what yeah. they said. And I was always like, you know, I, I, it's not that he's not, they can't sign him or anything. It's that he's not worth signing at that number. And I think that's the one thing that we've maintained throughout King's cast in the last year is, is that King teams, and we've said it, we've used like examples of it, right? 
teams pay for cap space. And when you're developing team to lock yourself into an average team is not, not good. And it's not McNair's fault at all that I let him go. I mean, he, he was forced with this choice. He was forced with the overpay the guy or let him walk. And they opted to let him walk because they, they can build a team. And, and guys, guess what, guys? People walk from teams all the time throughout all sports. People walk from teams. It happens. People walk. And uh, that emotional, like, we can't let him go for nothing was just ridiculous. And over, we'd rather overpay him than to that was the worst walk. walk. That was the worst that, take. That was the and worst, I heard it from credible people. Take. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst take was, you know, it, it was two of them. It was he's untouchable and we can't let him go for nothing. And, you, you know, you know what's funny is, you know, me and you, we like to do trades and stuff. And at the trade deadline, you know, I had put out a trade for Kuzma, um, for Bogdanovich, dude, and people freaking hated it, dude. Can remember that, dude? People were, oh, Kuzma's Kuzma's not good. He's overrated. Blah blah blah. You know, now look at it. You know, when it was coming towards the end, and there was possible uh, interest from the Lakers, people were like, "Let's go get Kuzma." It's too late, guys. Now there's no leverage. You know, me. You know, that was the one thing that really was driving me nuts. Is everybody had this fake market for Bogdanovich? I don't really think there was a market for Bogdanovich at all. You know, outside of New York, um, us and the Hawks, I, don't, I really don't think there was a market. There's a reason why Milwaukee was only going to give us uh, Dante DiVincenzo, Ilisova, who got waived, and uh, DJ Wilson. And there's a reason that for that. You know, Bigdanovich is a good player, but he's not worth at 28 the money. And, uh, you know, he's a, in my opinion, he's a low-end starter and a, a high-end bench guy, dude. So, you know... The whole Bogdanovich thing, dude, it just, it was, it's just really refreshing the way it turned out, man. It, it really is. And, you know, you said it's not McNair's fault. It's Vladi's fault. So if anybody wants to point fingers at, you know, the, how the Kings handled this, but it has nothing to do with the guys that are there now. You, you need to point your finger at Vladi last summer. You know, you need to point your finger at Vladi during the trade deadline. And uh, that, that's whose fault it was. Just like, just like Harry Giles. It was, you know, I, I'm going to touch on that real quick, too. It's Vladi, Vladi Divac's fault. You know, everyone's like, why did we let Harry Giles walk? Well, we didn't let him do anything, okay? We, we didn't let him do anything. You know, I, I know he went and signed for, with Portland for, like, nothing. You know, but the way that that was handled by Vladi Divac is all Vladi's fault, dude. You, you had a chance to pick up the option, and you declined the option, and Vladi is the reason we are in this position now. So for people who want to hate on Luke Walton, for people who want to hate on Monty McNair, you know, it, it was 100% Vladi Divic's fault that we are in this situation with those two players. Uh, but McNair's made the best out of it. And, yeah, no, you're, you're, you're dead on with all that. And that's what's, what's hella funny is that all year you and I were calling out all of these points. You know, we, call, we called out their free agent signings with Deadman and Ariza. Um, and then people Poor gave Vladi... Yeah, and people gave him. I remember. Oh, we're gonna give Vladi credit for 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 building that roster midseason. Remember, and I was like, and we came on here and we're just like, what? We're gonna give that guy credit for cleaning up his own mess. You know, he he got yeah. lucky to move Deadman. And had he not done that, it could have been real bad. The Kings could have been sitting with that well, money right now, and it could have been really bad. And and you got to think too. The only reason he was able to move Deadman was because Bazemore was getting paid nineteen million to sit the bench, dude. And teams are just trying to clear the cap dude they're like yeah whatever take him back we'll clear this cap space dude so it was just luck dude it, it was luck on his part and the guy you know it's funny dude because you brought this up the other day you know it's it's funny that like the king's media and everybody who follows the king's what 
it, it's funny that they took the side of Vladi Divac, a guy who got fired with the whole big Donovich stuff. It's hilarious, dude, that people took Vladi's side, a, a GM who got fired and really screwed this team over. You know, like that, that's, it's hilarious to me that people are like, well, this is what we should, you're taking the side of a guy who got fired in Sacramento, bro. Like, that's what you're doing. Get, get out of your feelings, dude. Get out of your personal emotions for Vladi Divac and whatever you guys think, whatever type player he was, the guy was a shitty GM, dude. And that's you. That's the side that you guys are taking in this Bizonovich situation. It's hilarious, dude. Hilarious. I'm glad you brought that up because I kind of forgot I said that. And I yeah. remember I remember I wanted to bring that up on the podcast. And that was the thing, right? Let's go back a couple of years, man. You know, Carmichael Dave, who honestly has become one of the biggest, I would call, I'm going to call him like a-holes on Twitter. To anytime, yeah. you, anytime you want, like, you know, and I don't come at them personally. It's just like anytime you want to like talk about sports. I mean, right, you're a sports person. All these people, you're a sports person. And I want to like drop a take. And you guys want to be like really, really rude back. I mean, start calling me names and things like that. And I don't say anything mean or personal or I don't cuss. You know, I, it's just sports, right? But taking back a couple of years ago, this is what really was one of the inspirations for doing King's Cast for us. A couple of years ago, um, it was right after they had uh, the Kings had got gotten uh, Harrison Barnes, right? And they had an awful march and and the Kings were doing well, and it looked like, okay, they're buyers at the deadline. They're going to try to make a run, make the playoffs. And they had a terrible march, and not, it was crickets around the franchise. And I remember, uh, you know, I remember Grant Napier put out a tweet. He's like, the future's bright, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, guys, the future's bright. That's the tone. This team had just had a terrible march and blew playoff chances, and not one of you guys around here are saying anything about that. And then, and, and they started coming back to me and they're like, well, this team should be a playoff team next year, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, and this is two years ago going into this past season, you know? And, uh, I just remember thinking like, man, the, the opinions around here, it just seems like it's always the wrong take in the wrong position. Right. And so I let it go. And as the season went on, you know, I felt like Vlade just didn't do anything. He didn't make the moves. He didn't put together. He did the wrong move every single Every single time he did the wrong move from signing guys to doing everything. And, and then, so, you know, coming out of this season now, we're like, okay, we were calling for this guy to get fired and all these people throughout the whole, like you said, they, they kept taking the, it wasn't, they were supporting him. Their opinions happened to match Vladi's opinions, right? All year. And now we're coming out of this, this season. And it's like, the takes that are coming out are crazy. And I, I know we're going to go into that in our next, in our next topic, but how is it that you guys all year, like you said, took the, the, your opinion was the same as a guy who got fired. How is it that you guys do these, you write, you do these shows and everything, and you don't factor in the cap. You don't look at player comps. One thing that you and I have been saying, and you know, one thing that pisses me off, Ryan, as we get back is, is, is the clap back. You know, that's what the kids call it. The clap back, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you you do a you do a podcast or you a fucking sixteen? That's what that's what Carmichael Dave said. Which whatever, dude. I mean, I'm just a dude. I guess I am just a dude in my house doing a podcast. But you know, Matt George, good luck with your podcast. That's your take. And then I start looking like that's your guys' takes. Your guys' takes the whole year are dumb takes. No, no backing. It's like, do you understand all factors? You don't look at players' comps for contracts, anything like that. You know, I, we've been telling people, Ryan. Look, if you want to look about the overpaying for bogey, look around. There's tons of guys that get overpaid. Well, look on your own roster. Kent Bazemore, look on your, on your own roster. Last year, Kent Bazemore, okay? You mentioned it, $19 million in his salary. That was his average, yep. eight to 18 to $20 million because a couple of years ago, yep. he was in the same position as Bogdanovich. 
and yep. he looked he was a valuable pl- member of a shitty team and they overpaid yep. him they overpaid yep. him and, and you can look around the nba it works when you're a bad team you can't just pay bench players now people will say back to us ryan this is where i said you know we the we we did the no soft takes a couple weeks ago the the art of the take if you will you got to look at all angles and make your case foolproof foolproof and if you look at it people will say well why did why did they sign why did atlanta sign bogdanovich ryan you know why were they willing to do it but you, t- you talked about no market milwaukee wanted him they wanted him yeah but, but they see, out- but they wanted him for 12 mil right because they you know. found out the real number. It's not about the exactly. skill. And that's the thing that, guys, guys, listen to us out there. It's not about the skill all the time. You know, it's about the value for the player. It's why people hate on a lot of players. Because a guy could be really good, but he could be making $24 million and they hate on him. But if they're making $16 million, they like him. Now, people in their heads, you know, I think they know that. That's a take on Buddy Hill. They, they, in their heads, they like the player, but then they hate the contract and vice versa. And, and, and it's funny. It's it's real funny, you know, when you're on your own roster, how how that's that that's the case, and um, it's just about the market, man. It's about the market, and you have to think about all of that. Part part of me, dude, through this whole process, okay, the, through this whole Bogdanovich thing the last few weeks, part of me wanted Sacramento just to out of spite, dude. You know, part of me wanted Sacramento to sign him for 18 mil and then come trade deadline when you know the guys putting up pedestrian numbers you know last year he averaged 15.1 points per game three three rebounds and like two assists or whatever it was and that's the best he's going to get in in a sacramento uniform that's that i always said that part of me wanted him to come and sign for 18 million come out and average about 12 points a game next year 13 points a game and then just sit back and watch everybody be upset you know because you look at look at the buddy Heald thing buddy Heald got his contract last year okay it doesn't even kick in till this year his points dipped like 0.6 okay literally like not even a full point and people lost their freaking minds all of a sudden buddy hill is the worst player on the on the roster he's the most overpaid uh player in the league it's ridiculous how bad he is blah 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 blah. i wanted that to happen to Bogdanovich. i wanted people to sit back and be like well damn we just paid 18 million for a guy who's really not that good and now he's 28 and we're paying this guy till he's 32 man this sucks and you know just not have the flexibility part of me wanted that just out of spite, dude. But honestly, I want what's best for the Kings. So I'm happy that the way things turned out. And that's where it's, I want, that's a good transition into our next topic, which is this, which is the next one. And you and I were, were hashtag TTP trade the pick. Right. And, and, and a lot of our moves have been for that from the trade deadline last year to the off season, to the, to the, to what's there, you know, free agency to trades, to contracts, to fu- managing future assets. I think that's the one thing, Ryan, that I, this is going to be, our, I kind of think, our bulk conversation today, right? There's a divide. There's people out here that are calling for tank. There, okay, I would say there's like three positions. One, the Kings fucking suck right now, and their roster's terrible. And they, they, there's no way they're going to be good. Might as well just trade any contract here and just develop their team. That's one take. Then there's uh, the Kings are okay, but we should... To get better at moving forward, we should blow it up and just just become terrible, even worse than we are now. So that's one. And then there's us, okay? It's only us and KC. That's it. And there's one guy named like Ryan Jameson or something on there. I think yeah, his name. Yeah, solid. Yeah, Ryan Jameson. Solid takes, bro. Bench mob. Solid takes from that guy. <laughs> that's it. In all of Kingsland, guys, and Ryan and I are as active as anybody in all social medias 
when it comes to Kingsland. And we, that's the only people on that side. So we're going to talk about our side today and why we, why we are against this. Now, before I say this, because I, I got into it with Carmichael Dave about this, we are not making predictions right now. This is not about where we think the Kings are right now and how they're going to – That we'll save that to right before the season when we do our preview. This is not what it's about. It's about the approach going into the offseason into the future. That's why we were hashtag TTP. We don't feel this team is too far off. So, Ryan, let's break it in. The Kings have well, – let's start with the backcourt. They have two 20-point-a-game guards in their backcourt. And I think and, – and, and I think one of the premier point guards in the league coming in, he's going to be. He, so, let's talk – Let's talk about reason number one, De'Aaron Fox. And this is reason number one, right? Okay. I think De'Aaron Fox is going to be a goddamn superstar. Okay? A goddamn superstar. This this year. A goddamn superstar. So, number one, Kings Kings Land. Kings Land. All of you out there that are – I see what you're saying about how you want to make the take. And I'm going to address your – about, the oh, we want to just tank this year so we can get better in the future. I I see what you're saying. But to me, you're two years too late on that, homie. You are two mm-hmm. years too late. Two years ago, instead of trading for Harrison Barnes, that's when they should have done the moves you're talking about. But at this point, it's beyond that. You just extended De'Aaron Fox, okay? This guy is about to be a fucking dude. You can put no one around him, and they're not going to be a top five worst team in the league. They're just not. And I think that's why a lot of people are like, trade buddy, trade this, trade that, because they know if they tank, tank, tank everyone around, and that's their only way. But if you go out there with two 20-point game backcourt scores, yeah. you're not going to be a top five worst team. Now, look at Ryan. I wanted to talk about this. Um, this is a player that I like to look at, and I, I didn't tell you this beforehand, but Jamal Murray. Okay, Jamal Murray, would you consider Jamal Murray a, a better player than De'Aaron Fox? Or maybe not you, but do you think a lot of people in the NBA consider him a better player than De'Aaron Fox? Yeah, because of his playoff performance this year. Okay, so so he's shown, he's been in, he's, and what to you, what has separated that? What, you said it's just the playoffs, just because he's got the opportunity to play on on the playoffs? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you can't deny his multiple 50-point games in the playoffs this year, um, you know, are, are what are what people are going to say about. But if you take away, you know, if you're looking purely at regular season and you take out this year's bubble, um, they're comparable. They're, they're, I, I would say that they're comparable. But I think that Darren Fox is going to take that step into the Jamal Murray, probably even better than Jamal Murray this year. That's what I think. And that's where I wanted to see your opinion before I threw the stats out. Because if you're listening to this, think about it. You know, you pause it, whatever. Take the time to think about it. Jamal Murray is one year ahead of Darren Fox, okay? So we've always said that guys get these extensions before they take the step, just because of their age. They come in so young that by the time they get their extension, before they get their extension, they haven't really, you know, it's three, four years in. They're still working on a bad team, et cetera. Here's Jamal Murray's stats, Ryan, from the uh, from his, okay, 21 years old. 18 points a game, four assists at 21. Then he gets the extension. Same one De'Aaron Fox just got. Mm -hmm. This is this past year. 18 points a game, 4.8 assists. Exact same season. He upped his scoring by 0.3. Yeah. Here's here's De'Aaron Fox right now. 21 points a game, 6.8 assists. We're just talking about those, okay? He, 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 this guy's about to hit a stride. This He's already statistically, and, and we'll talk about this. Stats, for some reason, don't mean anything to people, I guess, is, which is crazy take. But it's I, I bring this up because this guy's about to hit this stride, dude. He's about to n- take the next level. And your perception of Jamal Murray, before we start this conversation, think about the perception of De'Aaron Fox, all right? This guy is going to be really good. And I just wonder, I put the question, Ryan, to people. Because now we have to we have to place our bets. And this is an easy, easy, easy position to be on, Ryan. Why do people not believe in De'Aaron Fox? Why do they not believe in him? 
if you're a good team, you know, there's five guys on the court. We don't believe that you have a, a point guard who can take you to into the level to another level. You know, I think I think if Darren Fox would have been healthy all year this year, people would have you know taken his side on this. But I think the fact that he missed what 20 games or whatever it was, people have this you know this misconception about him but you even look at his bubble play I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of the bubble I don't think the bubble was a true um testament to how good teams were and how good players actually were it was a weird uh weird scenario that'll never happen again um you know so I don't want to put too much stock into that but I think his lack of um his lack of games played this year and for some reason people value I can see it actually you know, people, people look at his three point shooting. And I think that's where people hate on him. I, I think, I really think that's what it is. I think people look at his three point shooting and that's where they're like, well, he's got to improve as a three point shooter. And it's like, does he really, does he, does he really like, if you have guys like, you know, buddy healed around him, you know, guy like, uh, you know, Harrison Barnes and, um, you know, you have belly on the team guys like that. Does he really need to improve his three point shooting that much? Because you can go look at, you know, Russell Westbrook, who's won an MVP, has been an effective superstar in this league for a long time. People hate on him. The guy hasn't improved his three-point shooting. You know, um, there, there's a lot of guys in the league like that. You, I, you know, James Harden, people think that he's such a great three-point shooter. He's, he's so awesome. He's this. It's more volume, you know. So I, I don't think that Darren Fox needs to improve his shooting. That's where I think he gets a lot of slack. That's why people aren't throwing their stock in him because they just look at it. Oh, well, he's not a very good shooter. You know, he, he, he only shoots what 70% from the free throw line, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's not everything guys. It's not everything. I think that the, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get why people don't believe in Darren Fox to take it at a level. And another thing too is Buddy Heald. Like Buddy Heald, it was kind of a, we've said it. We dedicate a whole episode. The guy wasn't utilized to the max last year. And we feel like now they're all in. And that I just think there's going to be a natural improvement from those two positions, and those two he's going to get his minutes, dude. Yeah, they're they're extremely impactful positions, and so no matter and no matter what, like, so why don't you root for that? You know, why don't you root for them to try to go out there compete and see what they have? So here's a good stat, Ryan, real quick, is that is the is a lot of the things on Darren Fox is the free throw shooting, and that is one that is yeah, that's what I was saying. Valid is his free throw shooting. He shoots. his free throw was just 70% last year, which is not yeah. great. If you look at Jamal yeah. Murray, 88%. He upset up. I mean, his his numbers are probably going to – I would say this year he's probably going to be a 23, 25-game score. That's an extra two points per game if you bump that up to 80%. Yeah. yeah. You're going to get a point or two a game, dude, and, and that's that's huge. And I, I can understand that. But when you look at the grand scheme of it, dude, he's a 21-year-old point guard who's lightning fast, dude, who's going to get to the rim. You know, like, yeah, you can improve your free throw shooting a little bit. I don't think that's too hard for him to do. I think it's more of a focus thing. I, I don't think he's, – he's an NBA player, dude. I think he can go out there and shoot 80% from the free throw line. You know, there's a lot of guys in the NBA who don't, who don't shoot very high free throw percentages. You know, look at LeBron James, dude. That's always been his knock. He doesn't shoot free throw. So, uh, I understand the complaints, but, dude, Darren Fox is just so talented. He's so fast. He's so quick on both ends of the court, too. That's where people really – really lose uh, sight on Darren Fox's. He is a two-way player, man. And he is going to, um, you know, make people around him better with his, you know, ability to get by guys. It's going to give Buddy Heald open shots, dude. I'm just really excited, dude. I, I'm just really excited to see. Because on paper, this starting lineup is a good team. There, this On paper, this starting lineup, you know, if you can have Whiteside, Bagley, Healthy, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, Darren Fox, do you look at it? Name, you know, who's got a better three, one, two, and three? 
you know, when you really look at it, look around the NBA, who's got a better starting one, two, and three? Not a lot of teams, dude. Not a lot of teams have the well-roundedness so that you have the, you know, people like refer to Harrison Barnes as, a, as the Swiss Army knife kind of guy who does a little bit of everything, good size, plays a little D, can shoot the three pretty well, uh, you know, has his games where he can go off for 30. And then you have a, a knockdown premier three-point shooter in the league. And then you have a slashing um, faster than anything in the NBA uh, point guard who makes guys better. So, you know, looking at the one, two, and three position, I don't see a lot of teams in the NBA that are better than us at there. You know, that that's, I, I don't see it, dude. I don't know if you agree with that or what. I just wanted to throw that out there. Well, I, I want to break down other teams' lines, but this is part of our reason that if you take a look at the roster, it's why we've been so such advocates of trying to get better. And we had a whole conversation last week with Casey about that at this point, they're better off just trying to uh, – put the best team out there and compete, even if they do miss out, but they, they're just on the fringe. I think people, people feel that they have this belief that they're, and this is real takes from people out there, like real people that for some reason, they're not going to be able to maneuver this team down and down the line, you know? Um, and that's what they're, what they're saying about trade for assets now, blah, blah. Now. And it's like, you know, um, I'm not going to put all my faith in draft picks. I think that trades are valuable and, um, you can always sign a player. I mean, look at you look at the players the Kings have signed in the last bunch. Of years. You know, you can always get a player. It's the NBA, and uh, you we talked you talked about it last week. The Suns were the st- a stank ass team. The Sixers were a stank ass team for a while. They have one a good game, a good stretch of eight games, and then all of a sudden it's like they can get a Chris Paul. All of a sudden they're viable. You know, you look at the Sixers; they were able to do the same thing, and and that's all it takes is is a little bit of winning, and that's what we're saying is like keeping buddy Hill and keeping Barnes on the roster although it doesn't people like to put this this one out there right it doesn't fit the timeline of the team and it's like the timeline of the team can change too like the timeline could is there is there's a I think there's a one to three year timeline right now and then there's a three years beyond timeline and not everybody's going to be, be involved in that it doesn't mean buddy Hill needs to be involved in that either but the guy has a de-escalating contract he's a top three-point shooter he's a 20-point a game score and his, they'll be able to trade him like at some point. If they really want to, they could trade him. Why fuck it up now and just do it? Um, you know, but if, if, you, if you talk about the, the Kings, and if you look at your roster and you look like you just did and broke down a couple of positions, they're not going to be terrible. I don't get it. I don't get that position. They're not going to be terrible. And that's why Ryan are like, might as well just put a better team around them right now and go and compete. And I would rather be a team that is that just misses out Right, then be a tank ass crap team, you know, and blow everything up and and surround Deer and Fox with nobodies. I don't want to see that because that's such a risky, risky play to me. You know, there is there is some flaws of this team though too. Uh, the lack of wing depth, the lack of you know somebody to come in behind Harrison Barnes. Um, there is a depth issues, but if healthy, okay, because it's like that for every NBA team every single year. If healthy, okay. Big if, it's hard. It's hard in the NBA to stay healthy for, you know, what are we playing, 72 games this year? It's really hard. As you can see the last few years with Sacramento. If healthy, though, this team could compete, you know, and, and that's the biggest thing is, is you know, like, because I, I don't want people to come on here four months from now and, God forbid, half the team, half the starting lineup's out, and, you know, people are like, well, you guys were wrong. Well, you know, there is – you know, there is certain aspects to the NBA that can make your take wrong, like being hurt, you know, like that is a thing that happened to sack last year. So if healthy, dude, this, there's no reason you said it, there's no reason this team can't compete, dude. They, they have the, 
they have the juice in the starting lineup to win games, dude, and they can compete. I, I think that starting lineup is uh, better than a lot of other teams that people aren't giving Sacramento credit for. You know, like the one that really bugs me is people think San Antonio is better than Sacramento, and I just don't see it. I don't see it. Uh, Minnesota, don't see it. You know, you can say whatever you want. I, I, I don't think a rookie Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, uh, Malik Beasley is better than, you know, a, a Barnes buddy and uh, Fox. So I, I don't see that, dude. And I think with the addition of our free agents, we, we can compete, dude. That's where looking around, you know, you, you, you talked about all the teams that are they're right there. We're looking around. Like, I just don't think the roster is that bad. Uh, people, do, people like look at last year and they, and this is a take, Brian, they say, well, if the Kings didn't make it last year and they lost, um, they lost guys, like what makes them think that or they're going to do it this year. And that's where I've been trying to argue and break it, break that take up. And I think in our previous show, I'll go into this in more depth, but if you look at last year, uh, Darren Fox and Marvin Bagley both got hurt in the first game of the season against the Suns, and they missed a lot of time, like a, a lot of time. And then they had they brought in Deadman, and Deadman was worthless. Like they they didn't even play him. They were hurt all over the place, and they still didn't even play him. That's how bad he was. Um, and and then they basically that went guy might the, not even be in the NBA this year, dude. Yeah. So that they they <laughs> That's went a horrible the, signing. They went October, November, and all of December hurt hurt. And their lineups were terrible, you know? And if you go look at their record, it was really bad during that stretch. It was really bad. And that's really if, – if they had been healthy, um, you, you, you could eat – this is, like, so fair. This is not – this is so fair. I don't want to be these, these guys, Ryan, because I hate these types of people. Like, if they did this, then they would have been, you know, what could have been type of person. But realistically, it is very, very fair to say that had they been healthy – they could have been five to six games better in that stretch. And if you go look at their record, they had they were like they were they had stretches of like one one win, ten losses in stretches. So like it's fair to say, had they won a couple more games each month, two more games in each month, they could have had six or seven more wins. It's really like that. It's that blatant. But I don't think people remember the season. They just have the recency of the season. And that's where we've talked about the second half of the season. Where the reason that the Kings were competitive was because De'Aaron Fox finally got healthy and you know, new coach and things like that. Finally got healthy, playing within a system. They actually got their rotations down. They traded Deadman, traded Ariza, got Baysmore, got Alex Lane, and all of a sudden they were, uh, the second half of the season, they were a competitive, solid team, and people were excited by it, right? Um, and this is where I want to go into this uh, conversation, Ryan, before we close, because I think we're going to have to dedicate a whole episode because this seems to be the one big hill we're going to die on. It's, it's the center position, all right? People mm-hmm. love to love Rashawn Holmes, and we're not Rashawn Holmes hater. We've always said we like Rashawn Holmes. He's a cool player, but we, we, we think he is what he is. And um, people love Rashawn Holmes because of he, 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 was, he was like an unexpected, pleasant uh, surprise during the early part of last season when they sucked and they signed Deadman and Deadman sucked, and they were able to put Rashawn Holmes in there. And he was a, you know, he's a formidable NBA player, right? But, um, Here's the reality about Rashawn Holmes from from me and Ryan. This is our perspective of him. Rashawn Holmes played his best basketball last year during the Kings' worst stretch of the entire season, October through January. Ryan, his stats were like what? What did he average last year? Uh, I want to like say he eight rebounds, twelve point eight and eight point one or something like that. Yeah. So which is good. It's good, but like you know, career wise, before that, it was it was very pedestrian, single digits pedestrian. Oh, bench he, sorry, twelve twelve point three. 8.1 and one assist. And then, you know, th- this is a big thing that my whole thing with Rashawn Holmes is it's not his, it's not his points. It's not his, as much as his rebounds, K 8.1 rebounds. Like I can live with that. 
it's his, uh, you know, how people think he's the defender. That's what really gets me. And his blocks, you know, point, what is it? He's 1.43 blocks. blocks. He's 40 yeah, NBA point, blocks. Exactly. 1.3 blocks is... per game. You know, he, he's a career one block a game guy. And that's the biggest thing for me is people are like, well, he's a defensive guy. Is he? Is he really? Because the stats say that he's not. You know, and in this, you know, in my opinion, stats don't really lie. Like people like to, well, he's intangibles this. Well, the stats don't lie, man. The stats, the stats say that he's a very, very below average uh, starting defensive center. So that's, that's where I'm with that. I just want to throw that in. Sorry. So the stats say, then this is where I think last year, Ryan and I were like, well, the Kings aren't really winning games. He's playing above kind of what his expectations were. And I think that's part of the reason people love him is he's playing above those expectations. Um, and that seems to dictate people's opinions, you know, is what people's expectations of, of them are. And I think it's like people loved him, but he played his best stretch. But you know what's really funny is that he got hurt uh, February and March, and that's when the Kings played their best basketball. And all he did is put in Harry Giles and Alex Lynn, and all of a sudden the Kings were playing way better. And if you go look at the bubble stats, which, Ryan, we don't, like I said, we don't have to go too far in because we will do this in a later episode. He didn't even start all the games in the bubble. Alex Lynn got a start. Um, you know, if people want to talk about the eye test, I saw him get punked. I believe it was against the Magic and I think the Mavericks. I think were teams, games I remember just getting punked. And so our thing against Rashawn Holmes is not a hate. I think it's just like if you're thinking about Ryan and I are coming from where we're like, we, we feel like last year they had three players who were bench players in their starting lineup. Bogdanovich, Bielisa, and Holmes played t- started tons of games, and we feel all those guys were bench players. And so all year we were like, we need to upgrade all those positions, move these guys to the bench, and naturally be healthy. The Kings are just going to be better. That's literally where we're coming from. But it's such a crazy you know thing that you can't even have that opinion that you want to replace Rashawn Holmes without getting shitted on. And so now I've had to like look at the stats, and I say every week he's the 152nd rated defender in the nba he's like the 80th rated uh forward defender he's like the 11th rated defender on the kings and he's 40th in total blocks okay that's for sean holmes's stats so you know and and so that's why ryan and i trade deadline special last january we were like you know miles turner somebody just upgrade the position in general we know and so it's like we know it miles turner is not better than Rashawn holmes and everything we know that you know, player B over here is not better at everything, but we just think upgrading that and dip, deepening your bench is going to be a natural progression to a better team this year. And realistically, the guy's on, I believe, an expiring contract. And I think as the year goes on, I don't want to pay him because then he's going to lock up everything else. Well, so honestly, the guy could get traded. Yeah, there's a real, there is a real, real chance that Rashawn Holmes, especially with them, you know, bringing in Whiteside, bringing in Kaminsky, having Jabari Parker still this year, having Marvin Bagley this year, uh, Nemanja Bialisa this year, there is a real chance, you know, and I don't want people to start, you know, we're not predicting this at all, but there is a real chance that Rashawn Holmes gets moved at the trade deadline to a contender on an expiring deal to bring back an asset. There is a real chance that that could happen. So people I think be prepared. Could, I think he could get traded beforehand, Ryan. And this is where yeah, this there, is there's where, a real possibility. And this is what we look at start, it. If, you know, if Whiteside comes out balling this year, you know, like I, you know, Rashawn Holmes might start at the beginning of the year, but eventually, you know, Hassan Whiteside is going to break the starting lineup. Eventually, a guy that big, um, talented, is is going to break the starting lineup. And if that starts affecting Rashawn Holmes, dude, and Rashawn Holmes starts dipping to where he's not playing minutes like he was, you know, last year he played 28 minutes a game. If Rashawn Holmes goes back to what he was before last year, and he starts getting, you know, 15 minutes per game, 16 minutes per game, like he has for all the other years in his career, there's a real chance that somebody's going to look at Rashawn Holmes and go, okay, 
We need some, we need some big man help. We need an energetic guy to come off the bench, a contender. And he's only making, you know, very minimal amount. Yeah. He's making a very minimal amount on expiring deal this year. Don't be surprised where Sean Holmes has moved guys. And that's, this is where, um, so let's have two conversations quick before we wrap it up, Ryan. Okay. Um, the one thing is white side. So white side comes in. Again, I don't know why stats don't mean anything. People keep telling me that. Stats, well, stats don't tell the whole story. Matt George replies some stupid thing. Oh, my goodness, stats, stats. Like, yeah, stats mean something, guys. 15 points, 13 rebounds, three blocks. Lead leader in the NBA in blocks. It doesn't, we're not saying Hassan Whiteside's his top-end defender. We know that. He's, he's limited on his lateral movement and stuff like that. But I think they, here's what I think they did. I think they brought in Hassan Whiteside because, they know they're not elite perimeter defenders. And it, what it'll allow them to do is have help in the back. That's what Alex Len did. And when Alex Len was starting, that's why the Kings were, were playing better because you can play tighter. Because if you get taken off the dribble, you have a fucking seven-footer yeah. there who's going to swat at, your shit. At some like, point, dude, big bodies still mean something. Yeah, you know, at it, some it, point, big bodies are valuable in, in the NBA today. Look at, you know, look at the Lakers last year. The Lakers just were bigger. They were just bigger than everybody, you know? And that means something, dude. When, you, when, you, when you're rolling out there and you got legit seven-footers on your team, dude, who are legit shot blockers, are legit rim protectors, and can rebound. Sacramento hasn't had a double-digit rebounder since DeMarcus Cousins. They're missing that, dude. The Sacramento is missing a rebounder and a rim protector. And it allows, some ver- it. it allows versatility of lineups, too, you know? And that's the biggest thing I've always said is when you're a bad team or you're a lower-end team, I'm going to say bad team because they're not bad, but if you're a lower end team, you got to roll out there with different lineups to match up. You can't roll out there with one dominant lineup like like you're the uh, the Warriors. You know, you know they're starting five. That's not the case. You have to have different lineups. And so when you when you play against the Grizzlies, who John Morant takes it to the rim, if you play against the Mavericks, who Luca takes it to the hoop and gets inside, and, and you have Porzingis, who's huge, and you play against the Nuggets with Jokic and, and et cetera, I can go on for days. You got to have a big body, and Rashawn Holmes does not provide that. My prediction here's my prediction, Ryan. If Rashawn Holmes doesn't get traded ahead of the season, I think that he could possibly go into the season starting at power forward while they they get Bagley up and ready. And I think Bagley slowly takes away minutes from Rashawn Holmes. And I think that at some point I am going to predict, I think that Rashawn Holmes is going to get traded. I think he is because he's the, him, him and Bielisa are the two really valuable assets right there where if people want to talk about after the end of this year, they want to talk about cap and things like that and assets. Well, I, it's going to be the same thing we said from Bogey last year. I don't want to pay all these guys. I don't want to overpay them and, and do all that. So I might as well trade them and get something. And, the, and you, we talked about earlier in the show, the Kings are, are weak in the uh, wing position, but they're strong in the front court. They got shit ton of front court players. Why not flip Kojo? Why not flip Holmes? Why not flip the Elisa package, some of them or something? Solidify the wing position, solidify some of that. They still have a couple signings to make and just roll out there with the best team possible. So at this point, they didn't sign us on white side guys to tank. They didn't roll out here with this team to tank. They're not tanking. So, you know, if you, you want to be the if you want to be picking seventh and eighth, I don't think that does much for you. I'd rather see this team try to compete and win and be on a stride moving forward. Just my last thoughts. I'm really looking forward to everybody lose their absolute minds if Rashawn Holmes starts getting brought up in trade talks, can you, can you imagine the love and, and just the, the craziness that's going to pour out from everybody? I mean, they, everybody lost their minds over Harry Giles. Can you imagine the, the Rashawn? Oh my gosh. I can't wait. I can't yeah, they wait. Did, they did lose their mind over Harry Giles. Which, you know, everyone likes Harry Giles is a fan. It's a guy you want to root for, but as a NBA player, he fouls a lot and he couldn't be trusted in the, in his, 
at this point, they just needed to move on in a loaded position. It just is what it is, you know. Blame yeah, if you so. blame anybody, blame body for that. So, uh, hey guys, we appreciate you listening in. If you ever uh, just want to interact or be a part of the show, you can do so by tagging us. Ryan and I are mostly on Twitter at Kingscast Derek at Kingscast Ryan. You can find us in numerous Facebook groups and now the newly formed Kingscast Bench Mob Kingsland. So join that's a public group. We are definitely going to be active on there. Um, and if you ever want to stay up to date to the podcast, you can check our entire catalog streaming wherever you find your podcasts. Find us at our main at Kingscast. We'll be coming out with you guys weekly, the next couple weeks, loaded episodes. As you can see, a lot of topics. So hit us up. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Kangs. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.